0: You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Okay, that's the last of the stuff think we're all settled in. Oh, well, it didn't take you very long at all. I'm impressed with your efficiency. Yeah, well, despite outward appearances and behaviors to the contrary, we're actually not as pampered as we look. We're used to roughing it a little bit. I promise not to treat you as amateurs, then. Thank you very much. So, Cole. Yes. You said you were going to tell us what you know, so why don't you rewind back to the beginning and give us a rundown. Well, first... Hold it, hold it, hold it. Before we get started, this is important. Here, Hanover, take that. Okay. Marshmallows? Well, of course. Who has a campfire without marshmallows? And sticks to roast them on. Uh, I'll just get started. Yeah, thanks, Nero. I... <laughs> Have these been soaked in rum? What's your point? Uh, nothing. I'm just wondering if it's wise to roast a rum-soaked marshmallow over an open fire. <laughs> ah! Not sure what you mean. Just give me a stick, would you please? In case you're wondering, Cole, the comedy routine is nonstop. so if you don't like that sort of thing, you're kind of screwed. Oh, it's fine. It's a nice change from knocking around the outback on my own. So have you been a ranger your whole life? Believe it or not, I actually started my career as a molecular biologist. Did that for four years before I realized I really didn't like being indoors that much. This is sort of the other extreme, isn't it? Well, I've also discovered I'm not the most social bugbear in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do like other people and all. It's just that they're even nicer when you've taken a nice long break from them. Though, to be honest, the real appeal is scientific, though. The discovery aspect. Seeing things no one's ever seen before. Cataloging it, taking photographs, making notes, bringing that back to civilization so others can come out and do an investigation. And finding ruins? Well, that is where the paycheck is. Finding some remnant of a civilization that no one's ever found before. Marking it on your map... Take it to an adventurer's guild, and then lead them back. Is that what you did with this one, or did you call Metadine first? Well, normally with an anomalous ruin like this, I skip the adventurer's guild and go straight to a scientific organization. Hmm. And then I saw the words Ave Nova on one of the flyers back there. I called Metadine straight away. Huh. Besides, I have a pretty good working relationship with Rayburn. Not to mention Metadyne's standing reward for any angel-related information. Well, you make it sound like that's a bad thing, Miss Gill. Oh, heaven forbid. I love a good bonus. Who doesn't, though? But I would have called him first anyway. I owe Rayburn quite a lot. He's been very, very helpful to me over the years. Yeah, he tends to be like that, doesn't he? Okay, let me try and take a stab at being officious and responsible and company investigator like and stuff. Oh, this'll be a change. Change. It'll be more like a red letter day. Well somebody has to do these things. Yes, but it's never one of us. Yeah, well I didn't say it was gonna go well, I just said it was gonna do it. Cole, could you take us back three weeks to when you first found this place? You'd be happy to, Sir Phillips. Well, I was just sort of tramping through this section of the off-road looking for anything that might be out of the ordinary. Some unique flora or fauna is mostly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Nothing out of the ordinary, though. Just basic, varietal, evolutionary variations on stuff we already find in the Midlands. Birds, flowers, that kind of thing. Right. Then I came to this area near the marsh. And that's when I noticed that there was a lot less sound than I was comfortable with. What, you mean like a it's quiet, too quiet kind of thing? Oh, no, no. This wasn't Quiet. Quiet is when you're not around civilization or other people and all you can hear are the sounds of nature. This wasn't even silence. Silence is when everything drops away and you suddenly think you might be in some kind of danger. That particular lack of noise is pregnant with all kinds of horrible possibilities around you. No, this was a lack of sound. Except for the wind. The only noise there is whatever you bring with you. If you're there alone and you stand still and just listen... After just a minute, all you'll hear is your own heartbeat. That sounds a bit unnerving. Yeah. Which brings me to you, Nero. What were you trying to tell me back in the truck on the way here? Yes. While we were standing next to the ruin, I opened up my senses to see if I could feel anything possibly related to the angels. I don't know. And? And there's nothing there. And like Cole said, it's not just quiet. It's empty. It's void. It's like there's a space missing. You said Metadon had already sent a research team through here? About a week after I found the place. They left four days ago, and here's a copy of their findings. Not very conclusive, I'm afraid. Did every sort of standard field testing, I assume? The entire battery, as far as I know. I've been over the report myself several times. I can't find anything out of the ordinary. So they found nothing at all? Nothing physically different about the area compared to the surrounding area. No background radiation, no traces of magic, no traces of psychic phenomena, no traces of time or space distortion nothing. Of course, it seems that it's that nothing that appears to be bothering them the most. That's a fairly robust marshland over there, Miss Guillaume. Filled with plants, certainly, but you won't find a fish or an insect or a bird will go anywhere near it. No animals will touch the place. Is that why you didn't want us setting up camp nearby? No. It's because there's something in that marsh. Something that's not an animal, you mean? It's detailed in the back chapter of the report under anomalous incidents, but I'll give you my take on it. As a ranger, I have to live by my senses. It's life or death out here. What I can take in as information makes all the difference. Even in the deepest of silences, I know when something's there. My training and my abilities are that good. You've been alone somewhere in complete quiet, and you have this uneasy feeling you're being watched. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I'm afraid you won't be feeling that here, because I certainly never have. And that makes it all the more disquieting when you find yourself walking back along a path that you just passed, and you saw a large branch lying across the middle of it, And now, on your return trip, it's been snapped as if something stepped on it, but you never sensed a thing. You never heard anything. Or standing by the edge of the marsh and suddenly getting splashed from behind and turning to see that the entire marsh has been disturbed as if something very large has just moved under the surface. Or glimpsing over your shoulder just in time to catch a large group of reeds moving back into place as if something had pushed them aside. Only there's nothing there. That Metadyne team that came here analyzed the water, they analyzed the reeds, they did sonar scans, they did radar scans, they did Doppler scans, psychic magic, you name it. There's nothing out there in that marsh. The only thing they could say with certainty, every last one of them, and I will swear to this as well, is that the place is extremely disturbing. And the idea that there's some sort of large undetectable presence in there lurking about the marsh isn't the only reason people won't sleep there. One of the researchers did an experiment. He decided to take a nap because he was tired just to see what would happen. His reports... I I just saw that. I just saw that here. Tyler called, sound analyst, on the effects of sleeping inside the research area. He said the experience left him not refreshed at all, but rather drained, feeling a lot fuzzy afterwards, and, quote, you know how sometimes when you fall asleep you know you've dreamed, but you can't remember it when you wake up? Well, here when I woke up, I knew I dreamed but it felt like someone had taken the dream away from me. Huh, how very pleasant. What say we move on to the hospital and away from the landscape? Uh, if you're trying to get away from the creep factor, I hate to tell you this, but the hospital's probably worse than the Mars. Yeah, I know. I kind of figured as much, but I have kind of a creepy quota. I'm approaching its limit at the moment. So let's just move on with it. Oh, for crying out loud, Phillips. Are you telling me after everything we've been through together this stuff still gives you the willies that bad Well, I don't know, Turvey. What do you say we take a little informal poll here? Hands up, anybody who's got a serious case of the heebie jeebies. All right. Fair enough. Right. Okay, let's do a count here. There's me, Cole, Nero, and you, Turvey. Hey, I never said. I wasn't creeped out. I was just trying to give you a hard time. So, Cole, creepy hospital then. Well, it's a three-floor building with a car park, as you saw. The lowest levels are submerged inside the marsh, so they're relatively inaccessible. No power whatsoever. Any sort of light sources or power sources you bring in tend to be a bit... Unreliable. No detectable levels of magic or supernatural power, according to the report, though. None whatsoever. Apart from the Ave Nova flyers you talked about, is there any other documentation in the building? We found a lot of things littering the offices, floors, and on the desks and such, but it's mostly generic things like shift schedules, and patient reports, that kind of thing. Most of the file cabinets were empty, though. Looks as though they cleared the place out and by the state of the building it was in a hurry. Were there dates on the reports or any of the other documentation that you found there? Any indication when this might have happened? The most recent one we found was from about a year ago, Earth Time. Well, that's no help. I'm still waiting for the creepy shoe to drop, Cole. Well, it won't leave you in suspense then. First up is the graffiti. There's instances of it around the entire hospital. Most of them are this. What we know is the Ave Nova Glyph. Spray-painted onto walls with fluorescent orange paint and then violently scratched out with a sharp implement, probably a scalpel. The rest of them are done in black paint, possibly magic marker. And they're a bit more cryptic. Let me see. You shall know thy song by the beat of thy wings. He nests within the place of punishment. Tears fall like hammers? A few of these look like symbols from ceremonial magic. Yeah, I've seen that kind of stuff before. Those are protection wards. They're designed to keep something out. Mm. Or in. They were painted on or around most of the doors in the building, especially in the patient areas. Wonder if it worked. I notice this number keeps repeating 144. Four. You know, it's scrawled on a lot of the walls and floors around the building. Mm. But I'll do you one better than that. Turn the page. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, you had pretty much the same reaction we all did. What are we even looking at? That is a black-and-white photocopy of a human hand, male, most likely a patient, judging from the identification bracelet on the wrist, with the number 144 carved into the palm with something sharp and jagged like a piece of glass or metal. The picture below that is a photograph one of the researchers took of the room where he found this, and if you'll notice, every square inch of the walls are literally covered with thousands and thousands of that same photocopy. We're all sharing the same tent tonight, right? We're all sharing the same sleeping bag, if I have anything to say about it. So we try to act a little professional here? We do have company, you know. All right, all right. Point well taken, Turvey. We should ask first. Cole, you don't mind sharing a bed with a bunch of chicken shits, do you? Well, I was going to take first watch this evening, but after that, I'm pretty much up for anything. See, I hate this job. This would be fun under different circumstances. Oh, for crying out loud. Anything else we need to know about, Cole? Last two pages. Photographs taken from around the hospital of interior sections of walls and doors that have been destroyed by something large and very, very strong. There's a picture of the second floor break room and this one of one of the meeting rooms on the third floor, where people had tried to barricade themselves in, presumably from whatever that was. Looks like it didn't work. What about the St. readers on Earth? If this is the same building at some future point or something like that, is there anything Metadyne's going to do about it? There's not a whole lot they can do other than keep it under observation. They don't have the authority to close the place down because they don't own it. They do have a strike team standing by to evacuate the place if something goes terribly wrong, but until then, how many people are in that building currently? Between patients and staff, probably less than a thousand. It varies by day to day. It's not a huge hospital, but still, that's a lot of people. (sighs) Fuck you, angels. All right, we start our investigation first thing in the morning. We get in there, we figure out what the hell is going on, and we put a stop to it. I know as plans go, that's a little vague and generalized, but it's the best I've got right now. Well. That works for me. I'll second that motion. Done and done. Why don't you three turn in and get some sleep, and then I'll take the first watch. We need a night watch? Does anything happen during the night? Not so far, no, but uh, you see if that stops me. You sure you want to do that? You look like you've been up for a really long time. I'll be fine. Ranger's life is like that, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm a bus driver, and I'm used to long shifts with no sleep. Give me three hours, and I'll swap you out. You can take a load off. Ugh. Deal. I won't even argue that point. Much obliged, Turvey. Oh, and Cole, I don't know how well I'm gonna sleep tonight with all this going on, so I might still be awake three hours from now. You're still welcome to share my sleeping bag hey i thought i was sharing your sleeping bag you are oh well in that event yes tart flirt brony go to bed already jesus night everybody fortunately i had the presence of mind to get the extra large extra comfy sleeping bag as opposed to those cotton-filled gunny sacks that rayburn sprung for there doesn't that look inviting mm. i mean unless you'd rather spend the night like five pounds of potatoes in a duffel bag hanover sorry sorry yeah it looks really comfortable nero good job what what is it six months It's been six months since Eastling. Yes, and you were training and getting stronger for this very purpose. I told Rayburn that something like this would happen again if we waited too long. The angels are out there playing games with people's lives, and I'm playing catch-up. Six months worth. Hey, I told you before, this isn't just your fight anymore. You do not carry the weight of this by yourself. I just hate this. Good. Then hone that hatred into something constructive. And you don't get to take responsibility for the actions of your enemies. Not when you were doing what you needed to do. And now you're back. We all are. Stronger than ever. So tell me, what shall we do? Shall we rock? By all means. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go outside and find the nearest piece of shrubbery that resembles a toilet. Why don't you turn in and try to get some sleep? I will. Thanks. I thought I turned you off. And what sort of servant would I be then, Master? The hospital. Do you have any idea what's there? Inconclusive. Not enough data. You know, for a computer, you're not very helpful sometimes. Shall I continue my vigil? No. I think it'd be better if you got some sleep, too. Oh, so You have been listening to The Account, A Tale of the Waking World, The Lightning for Hire, Part 2. Written and performed by Kyan Chris Conroy as part of the Technical Difficulties podcast series. To contact me, it's techdiff at gmail.com. If you'd like to comment on this show, you can go to techdiff.com or comment over at twitter.com slash techdiff or look for Technical Difficulties on Facebook and Google+. To be continued next time on The Account, A Tale of the Waking World.
1: No one knows where he comes from. Some say he's not a man. Some say he's a force, not of nature, but of something more primal than that. He's the acid taste of vengeance you can't quite swallow down in a town that's besieged by fear, an unbreathed regret. Others say he was a man, who wouldn't rest until all the pain in the world was fed back to those who minded out of others. He's only known by one name. From county to county, in the hours past dawn, and in the haze-filled air, you'll see him walking toward you if you keep secrets, if you harm folks. He's the drifter. And he won't stop till sorrow's end. A weird western series from Jeffrey Billard starring The Drifter from Audio Groove Cats and The Amigo Collective coming 2023. Only on Mutual with Episode 1, Before a Wind.